Warning. Missing save file. Hey, it's Bernsey. And I'm Paul. And this is The Missing Save File, a video game podcast where we talk about the games we somehow missed the first time around. We've already talked about Nier, um, but we're coming back to it. Right? This is part two, the sequel. We should really have five podcasts about this game, if you mm. think about it. But we, we're going to have two, which means this episode will be five hours long. I mean, we could easily make it three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're bringing back our special guest, Murph. Uh, let's get to it right after this. Normally, this part of the podcast is where I have a nicely scripted little conversation about what the game is, what systems you can play it on, how it might be culturally important. But like anything that I came up in terms of like a scripted intro into the conversation that we're about to have felt like it was going to fall woefully short because this is part two uh, of our conversation about Nier Automata. If you missed part one, go back and listen to that first. If you've not played Nier Automata at all, do not listen to this podcast. We will be massively spoiling Nier Automata. And to play this game with the foresight that you would have gained from this podcast would be a real tragedy. So I guess from the bottom of my heart, go and play Nier Automata. You won't regret it. Then come back, listen to part one, then come back and listen to part two, because we're going to get into everything. We're going to talk about Basically everything we didn't last time, which is, yeah. you know, R Rosebud is a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Rosebud. Uh, yeah. So it was almost a month ago where, uh, Paul, you and I sat down with our good friend Murph. Murph, thanks for joining us again. On the, thanks uh, for podcast. having me again. Um, I had finished route a Paul, you had finished, uh, route B. Uh, Murph, you had already played, and, and I think you've played all the way through again. Uh, for uh, this? Most of, most of the way. Once I got to uh, C and D, I still I still had it very fresh in mind, so I kind of okay. stopped there. But yeah, yep. Yeah. So we're gonna. I think we'll just pick it up with with Route B and then kind of continue. Um, you know, my mind is still on fire with everything that <laughs> that I saw uh, once I got to the conclusion of this game because um, th there, there's so much there. But I think to, to kind of ground it, let's bring it back to to Route B. So Route B is very much, you know, if you've just finished Near Automata, you get the first end credit screen. And then there's that lovely little message, which I think we talked about last time where it says, you know, it was addressed from the Square Enix PR team. And it's like, hey, video game player, uh, you think you're done. You're not done. Pick up that controller. Start again. Let's let's go. Um, and and route B is very much route A, but just from a from a different perspective. So it's simultaneously the same thing you just played, and then also a whole new perspective on the same the same thing right. that you just played, because now you're playing as nine S, where before you were two B. And I, you know, 
if I have one, I won't even call it a complaint, but I will say that like one thing that struck me and I don't know if I like it or if, if it's one of those things that's just necessary is like route a and route B versus C D E and the rest of the game. Like it's very front heavy in, in You're terms very of front heavy. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I, I was kind of unprepared for that um, because I began to to sweat a little when I started playing through Route B and realized it's a little bit quicker than Route A. Um, but knowing that there were you know three more endings to get to after I needed to get through the end of Route B, I was like, wait, how much game do I have to play yet? Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> but right. I was curious what you guys felt when you when you started to get into Route B because I've got my own thoughts about you know what worked, what didn't, what I liked about it, and the perspective change. But like when you guys got into Route B, what what were you what were you thinking? I like the, so I, I really like how it just started even with the, him watching those two robots, right? Uh, um, <laughs> the, right. That, that sticks with me probably much more than even like the first half of, of root B um, because it is just so different from a, and is giving you that picture of like, this is going to be different. Uh, this is a different person. It's someone who's going to sit there and like watch robots do silly things, just sit there on a scaffolding as opposed um, to just kill them. Which is something, mm-hmm. yeah, Tubi would not mm-hmm. do in the slightest. Um, so it's a very different perspective on all this. Um, I think I had, I, I mean, I'm the kind of person who um, just plays every side quest I possibly can. So my route A was pretty long because I did every side quest I possibly could. Um, and so by the time I got to B, um, I was pretty powerful and had done a lot of things and had a lot of stuff um, and already had a lot of stuff optimized. So route B felt pretty easy um especially with the hacking right with all those hacking possibilities was was really good so well and i want to talk about that too because um you know route b really like i think the the primary reason why route b might be you know just a lot even though you're doing most of the same stuff that you did before you really kind of fly through it because combat via hacking versus combat via hack and slash like it's the i win button like you just like you hack a couple of times and you're like well that that thing's dead like yeah uh, it would have been totally overpowered in any other game but in mm -hmm. this one i think it's the tool the player needed to get them through all of that again and and i like i kind of want to bring this feels like a good point to kind of bring up the the way that near automata handles um it's it's kind of wildly diverse gameplay sandboxes right is is what you know most most video game parlance would call that and i was watching um you know i think i did the thing that everybody does when you finish near automata all the way through which is like i went down the wikipedia rabbit hole i went down <laughs> the youtube rabbit hole um i just i was like more give me give me more give me more um and i think it was skill up i don't know if you guys ever watch skill up on youtube yeah. um so skill up had a really nice video, uh, very concise, actually, given, given how much material there is for near automata, I think it was around 20 minutes. Um, but he talked about how, you know, this game was the game that he personally probably never would have played like just on paper. It is not for him. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's all the things that he typically shies away from. And it's, it's because of the hack and slash, you know, gameplay that that's front and center, which he's normally not a big fan of. And then he talked about how there's those wild shifts in, in gameplay mechanics. And most of the time it's done gimmicky. And the thing that he pointed out that I thought was really cool that I wanted to make sure I brought up here was that, um, 
even though you're doing wildly different things where sometimes you're on foot and you're fighting robots, sometimes you're, you know, doing the basically geometry wars style mini game yeah. for, for the hacking. And then sometimes you're doing the bullet hell shooter in a, in a jet fighter. Um, it all obeys the same rules and like they keep a similar button mappings for, for the different modes. So for instance, your main cannon shot, even while you're on foot doing hack and slash your pod main cannon is the same main cannon that you use for hacking is the same main cannon that you use for the aerial parts. And like your dodge always works the same way if you have a dodge. And like, so even though, you know, looking at it, you're like, well, these are wildly different games. They managed to make it like cohere together in, in, in a really interesting way so that it doesn't feel like, Oh my God, now I have to learn a totally different game. Oh yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think it's interesting because on paper, this is one that um, like, I love, hack and slash games um i love you know the gradius the, the bullet hell shooters um, <laughs> i love the geometry wars stuff um so like those three together it's like oh you just took three three flavors i like uh, right <laughs> now together <laughs> yeah uh and so it, it was really interesting in that sense um but i think it was also interesting to watch you play a lot of it because i think our play styles were very different in so much of it too and just the sort of things we equipped or didn't equip or, or weapons or, or even the exploration in the weapons. Like, like I never changed any of the characters weapons. Um, right. It kind of just felt from a narrative, like that. It's a weird thing to say. It felt like from a narrative standpoint, <laughs> like those are their swords. Um, like yeah. I, I bought every weapon in the game um, because completionist, but, <laughs> but I bought them to put them in a box somewhere and say, cool, got them all. Right. <laughs> Let's, all new in box. Um, never been used. It's still in its original Mylar. Yeah. Um, but it felt like one of those games where it, it felt like in a, a Zelda game, like, and I mean, I guess Breath of the Wild, Link uses lots of swords, but it feels like in a, in a classic Zelda game, like Link getting a different sword that isn't the master sword, you know? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. You, you bring up a good point. You bring up a good point with uh, like the different play styles. So uh, Burns, from, I watched you as well. And just from talking to Paul, uh, you know, I first played this game a few years ago and I, I played it very differently from both of you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, like I was like, from both talking to Paul and watching Burns, like you guys leaned on the hacking way more than I did. Mm. Um, I, in retrospect, I don't know why I didn't do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of used it like like my extra heavy attack yeah you know what i mean and i was watching burns like i was just catching up on your vod today for the last one and it was like i think you hacked every enemy for that yeah. entire vod i think if you had a little guy with 10 health jumping at you're like hacking that guy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so i think I, I hacked a lot less than burns but i think i i, I would agree i hacked more than you mark yeah yeah you, you know guys don't, you, the the second the the reason that I started like hacking even the little dudes because at first I think Murph I I kind of did, uh you know what what you did which is like oh if I need to do some you know real damage like you know here we go let's let's hack this guy, um but when I realized that they when when they were in a group and they explode via hacking right. they do AOE damage and then I was like well screw this like I could you know I could try to get mobbed by like 
10 little dudes or I could hack one of them and have the peripheral damage like blow up all the rest of them. So then just by default, it was just like hacking, hacking. Ha- like, I just right. The sword also does AOE damage, you know? Yeah, yeah but, and some of those pod programs, like if yeah, you take the time to upgrade them, they're like amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, the one regret that I have is that I didn't spend enough time, you know, there. And, and like, I don't, it's it's really interesting that you know before i guess now is probably the time to mention this that i i did stream pretty much the entire thing except for a little bit of story work with uh with 9s on route cnd um on twitch and i think games that really make you reflect and make you think make you think about a lot of things and like the 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 greatest gift that i think this game gave me is like you know, it really just got my brain moving like in a mm-hmm, lot of different mm-hmm. directions, which is, I think, sure. what it's supposed to do. For sure. But upon retroflection or upon reflection on on this game and, and looking backward at it, like it also made me appreciate um, what types of games that I think I want to stream. Like it, it even it even got me to that point because I like I think that I would have done things differently if I weren't trying to also engage half of my brain with talking to people in in a, in a Twitch chat. And like some of that is like, you know, and again, like I, I really thought about that a lot too. And it's like, I I'm born and raised Midwesterner. Right. So it's like when people over, you got to pay attention to people. So like, (laughs) you know, I'm like, you know, my, my mother's voice in the back of my head, that's like, people are over, get out of that game, you know? Right. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So like, Near Automata is the type of game that it just invites you to just really wrap your whole brain around it and it really, really just kind of, you know, and so it, it really like for me, I don't regret at all streaming it. Um, cause it was, it was a really great experience, but I think going forward, if I were to play a game like this again, this would be just for me. I think I would just hang on to right. this one and I would play it, you know, like a good book, right? Like you would just sit down, you would, you'd sit by the light, you'd, you'd flip that on and you'd be like, it's quiet. And I just want to sit down and, and do this. Um, and, and that, you know, I think I tweeted out something to the, to the effect of like, you know, video games are art. Here's my exhibit a and my exhibit B. And both of the games we've now talked about on this podcast, one was outer wilds. The other one is near automata. Yeah. And, I think when we get to the end, you know, I won't skip to the end now, but I, th- I think I want to draw some of those parallels. But like this game makes as big of an argument as I think you can make that video games are art, man. And and like, here's <laughs> yeah. why, you know, not all video games are art, but also not like everything you hang on a wall is art either. So, you know, I mean, this this game makes a strong case for it. I would say there's a strong case that all video games are art uh, in that art has a very it depends on how you define art. But, you know, sure, sure. <laughs> Yeah, this is just, you know, the the Rembrandt of... of yeah, we're uh, not going to define art, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, this is just... This one's clearly like, swinging for like the fences. To, if, if, all, if all books are art, then I think all video games are art. Well, yeah. well, that's fair. There's like, you know, there's Nietzsche and Captain Underpants novels, right? So, uh, yeah. like, you know, there could be... Uh, there can be hack and slashes like Nier, yeah. and then there can be hack and slashes like Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, like, yes. yeah I'm, I'm not here... I'm not here to say that Captain Underpants is an art, right? I'm not here to... I'm not here to... <laughs> I'm not here to be a gatekeeper of art, you know? Yeah. Oh. That's for episode three. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We'll come back so, to that. Um, but yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And that idea of, of playing all those different parts differently. Um, I think Outer Wilds, though, um, I think you probably got a lot more out of with chat there. Correct. I've, I've, I've watched a lot of people play Outer Wilds now um, on streams. 
And the, like, again, I, I think Outer Wilds is a very good game and I would recommend people to play it, but my experience was weird and frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of that frustration is like, if chat's there and somebody's just like, hey, don't do that. Like just once yep, or twice. Right. Here, like every 10 minutes, somebody just says, hey, hey don't do that. Um, just like swats your hand away. Um, that those those guardrails are not there on Outer Wild. They're they're very much here on Near, right? Oh, it's, Nier, it's Nier super is a very linear game. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are waypoints. There are things. There are menus and all those sorts of things. Um, and I think that sort of linear gameplay, yeah, is is one where you can immerse yourself a lot harder because um, mm-hmm. those guardrails sure. are built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is well, and to to, to, to try to put guardrails back on the podcast here for a second to, to take us back to uh, to the conversation about Rob Let's e. talk about pod programs. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Route B, I think I think what amazed me about Route B was normally I probably would have had a way bigger problem with a game basically making me replay multiple hours of the same section over again. Um but I, I kind of really don't have a lot of bad things to say about it. And I'm kind of curious what you guys think about the differences between route B and route a, like just generally. And like why, you know what you feel like worked or didn't work in, in that sort of, because it's a, it's another in a game filled with bold choices. It's yet another bold choice to be like, yeah. you just did this. That was so, pretty long. Do it I, again. I, I, I think this for guy? me, it was the fact that, you didn't have to replay, you know, a lot of the story stuff. Um, and the, right. I had already done as many, again, every, uh, a, I'm sorry, uh, to B uh, side quest that I was able to do, I did, but then new ones show up that add more to it. Right. There's like the forest King. Uh, is not in the first run. Um, I think right. that one shows up in the, in B. Yeah, you, yeah, um, you can't do that one in Route yeah. A. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, in a, in Route A, I was like, man, what is all this? Like, what is this forest stuff? Like that was that was a really they, they planted that seed and were like, oh, cool, here's a mystery, and c- there is no way to resolve it in this playthrough. So then, by the time I got to that second playthrough, and I was like, oh, cool, Forest King stuff um, that is really yeah. deep and like really cool. Um, it was like, oh yeah, that's a hook that'll keep yeah. me coming back. Well, they bait you new. They yeah. bait you so well in Route yeah. A. Uh, There's another thing I was thinking of. Do you guys remember the uh, the um, the Peace Parade side quest? Yeah. Oh yeah. So oh, so uh, in Route A, you're like level twenty or oh, whatever, it's and, and it's like level forty five so enemies, oh. and they completely destroy you. They they murder the robots that are trying to put on the Peace Parade, yeah. and I'm just like, okay, the, the I guess robots- that means. The robots are so, shouting like "love, peace." Yeah, yeah, they're just <laughs> getting destroyed. Us. Don't hurt um, us! Don't and hurt you, us! And you're helpless to do anything about it because you're so underleveled. Um, and so, you know, my thinking when I first played it was like on Route A, when if that first becomes available, is okay. Well, I know I've done. You know, I'm like Paul. I did all the side quests, so I was like, I know I've I've done everything. So I guess at some point in the game, I'll have gathered enough experience for this yep. to be a doable side quest. And way before I hit that point, uh, yeah, weird ends. Yeah, yeah. Credits roll. Right. And no, so, when I say I did almost all the side quests, uh, yeah, the peace parade waited till B. Yeah. yeah Cause it has, to, it has to. So they bait you with that. They bait you with like, you know, plot hooks, like you were saying, then yeah. like, uh, What's the deal with this forest king? A2 was the big plot hook for me because she never really came back after that one brief appearance. And I was just like, who the hell was that? Like, she was so cool. 
like, yeah. like what's going on there? Uh, and, you know, obviously the big what's Ron at your hub mystery, which to be never gets the answer to. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It's, they bait you so well. So for me, I like uh, Route B was when I started to love the game. I liked Route A. I loved Route B. And I, I, w- and I would agree with that pretty hard. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think, um, you know, speaking of A2, um, <clears throat> that was sort of my expectation. Like, I did not expect to just be immediately thrown into the boots of 9S, the wee little kid boots of 9S. Um, <laughs> you know, I I thought A2 would, would show up probably more prominently because... And some of that is is meta textual, right? Like I know that she's just, you know, you don't put somebody on the cover of the box art without them being like, you know, fairly prominent. And and yeah. I believe the game of the Yorha edition uh, that was on on Xbox and uh, PCs. I mean, she's right there in the background. So, you know, I, I'm just like, when are we going to find out more about you know this person? I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, Root B is here. Um, so I, we're we're going to dive into that. And and instead, I was you know nine uh, S. And and I wasn't really disappointed by that. I think. I think what's interesting is 9S's like perspective on everything is he simultaneously knows more, but then also they turn him into the one who hates the most, which I thought was an interesting choice too. Yeah, right? his, uh, his his path, fall. which we'll, yeah. we'll get to, is quite something. Mm-hmm. It's quite something. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. But it's, yeah. it's, it's great in Root B though too, just that, and I think we talked about it maybe even a little bit last time, the, the difference in perspective of when you yeah. play as 2B, you, you like at least... You know, I think it's very easy to get into characters and games. Like I, I played it and it was like had that mentality of 2B and he says stuff and you're like, ah, silly, silly not. Yes. <laughs> uh, and like 2B's interaction with her operator and like all of that. And then as soon as you get to be 9S, um, it's like, oh, nines. And like, yeah. and his operator is so much the opposite of, of 2B's operator and those interplays are, yeah, it's just so well done and so easy to get you into a different mindset with that yeah. character. Like the contrast is, is so large. So yeah. Yeah. They did a fantastic job. And like, I think you, especially like nine S's story, which I'm sure we'll get to, but you kind of have to take it as a whole because yeah. uh, you know, I, I've said it before, but like everyone I've watched play this, like either hates on or makes fun of nine S and root a <laughs> yep. grows on him in root B and then weeps for him in root C and D. Right. So it's like, it's, it's just so good. And t- talking about bold choices to lock that, behind so much confusion like deliberate confusion and like just oh man like (laughs) the balls on these guys yeah yeah it's um there there are a few games that when they come out and they do like i i I would you know i don't want to sound hyperbolic when i say something like miracle video game but this is kind (laughs) of one of those like miracle video games because a the fact that it got made at all um, because up to this point, um, you know, this, this was the first time that Yoko Taro was handed like a bunch of cash and like a lot yeah. of support, um, because the Dragon Guard games were made for a relatively pretty small budget. Um, and, and for whatever reason, you know, Yoko Taro was, was given a lot of resources to, to do this. But then for it to turn around and like be this title that is this, you know, on paper, if you were to put this as like product, we think people will buy this. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, will they, though? No um, one will buy this. And, and like it. So it it was made. It was approved. Uh, it's as good as it is. And it's as popular as it is. And I mean, it's not, you know, it's not Call of Duty, but I mean, the thing sold like 4.5 million copies or something like it's it's a 
for what it is, it's a very successful video game. It's huge. And it's funny because it's his like fifth or fourth or fifth game in this sort of timeline, I guess. Mm hmm. And yeah, it's it's weird. Although I actually think what happened, I might be wrong about this, but I think what happened is he's got a producer at Square Enix that uh, who I believe is named Yosuke Saito. I might be wrong about that. Uh, I'm pretty sure Saito, though. And uh, I believe he basically went to bat and said, like, I'm resigning if you don't let him make this game. Oh, um, wow. Kind of thing. And obviously got it made. So uh, I believe I believe he had like a high up at Square Enix who had his back on this one. Yeah. Is, that, got me. you're still hoping that that person got a big fat check you yeah. Know? yeah yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> so so if we're going to talk about root c and d probably wrap b right so like and we I'd should probably say, talk about the plot stuff that gets well, revealed i think there's the one big thing at the end of b right yeah, um, yeah. so we should say like spoiler 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 Stop spoiler, listening spoiler. right now spoiler spoiler mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. press like 30 seconds ahead because well this will be brief Spoiler, 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 humans are gone. And yeah. have been for a long time. A while. Well, and and yeah, yeah, it's and, and to further that spoiler, spoiler, spoiler conversation, I think at this point the gloves come off and we just talk about, you know, we, we get into it because you do. Yeah. Well, because the game kind of does, right? Like as soon yeah. as that drops, mm-hmm. the rest of route B is just like, oh, it's this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. No breaks. And then. C starts and C is like no breaks, no breaks, no breaks, mm-hmm. no breaks, uh, up to then the sort of start of C and D, in which A2, uh, spoiler, 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 goes to B. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I want to talk about I want to talk about that whole sequence. Um, because I like you know, I knew I, I had my doubts about Yorha, right? Like I had my doubts about Yorha. I had my doubts about like the, the game does such a good job of like obviously telling you something's wrong, but like I was doubting everything. So I was yeah, like, you were suspicious of everything. <laughs> I, well, you I'm like, were it, casting. You were like, hmm, maybe, maybe none of this is real. Maybe, uh, maybe the swords are the ones in charge. Maybe, um, maybe the robots are humans and they're time travelers. Like you tossed out some ideas. I did, um, because I, I was just like, like the, nothing in that game would have surprised me if they would have revealed it because it's like, you know, it, it's such a, it's such a simple premise to start. And yet there's so many things that are obviously wrong. And, and sure. like, I, I, I want to, I mean, I want to give a, t- a tip of the hat to, you know, even the visual design language of the game, right? The very deliberate choice to make the army of killer robots look like something out of a lovely Pixar I'm movie, sure. Sure. Yeah. you know, <laughs> is, is there clearly to unsettle you. Right. And so it's there to, I mean, there are all these different pieces that are constantly telling you, I don't think the narrative that's being put in front of me is the narrative that's really happening right now. And, and the gift that you get for getting through route a and, and the end of, of route B is like, all right, we're going to start to pull the curtain back here. Like you, you ready for some, some shit. Here's some shit. Uh, the humans are dead. There's no humans. Um, and then from, from that point on, yeah, as you said, Paul, like they really hit the gas and like that whole sequence of, you know, basically once the virus starts replicating and rampaging and, and um, you know, then uh, I mean, it's just go time at that yeah. point. Like, yeah. Boy, so from a gameplay perspective, I, this is one of the places and I want to, I want to see what Murph, what you, your take on this was, 
because I think this is one of the the few places in the game where like your your play style uh, meant that you did something a lot better. It's it's where the virus hits that like squadron uh, at the start of C, right? And they turn uh, into you know killer Yorha and. Um, they start hacking you and they start like setting off hack bombs essentially. Um, and you just basically dodged and then like hacked every single one of them and just kept dodging. Like you were, you were football yeah. fields away and dodging <laughs> them, uh, hacking them from like, <laughs> and just hacking them from downtown. And I think you got hacked like twice, maybe. Yeah. Uh, not, and you were not... like, Oh, this is a little weird. Like, uh, my camera's a little wonky. <laughs> and I was hitting these guys with a sword. And so I'm like wailing on them. And then, like hack bomb off, hack bomb, hack bomb, hack bomb. And they're just layering. There were points where like my screen was fuzz, like green. It yeah. looked like a snow crash. Um, and I had no visual, like I could just like controller <laughs> vibration and like the map, nothing was working. I couldn't <laughs> use the pod, like the everything you can imagine, like color inversion, controller inversion, like all of this. And I thought that was one of like the, the most fun parts of that playthrough up to that point. Cause I didn't die and it was hard. It was yeah. so hard. Oh God. So that um, sequence that, and uh, right before that, when you realize the machines have EMP bursts and it's just yes. like, mm-hmm. what, it's just like, they just keep throwing, like whatever yeah. your play style was, they just pull it out from under you. Like yeah. that doesn't work anymore. That doesn't yeah. work anymore. And I thought that was so fun. And Burns, you were just like, no, I'm over here. What's happening? What's over there? Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just me in the back. Just be like, have fun with your bullshit over there. I'm going to yeah. be way over here. Well, there was a lot. <laughs> a lot of times not just that there's a lot of times when i was watching your stream and like so i had the same experience as paul did okay that, so that, that. i played it the way you did it's yeah it's and, good and, you know because that part was so fun man that i would agree so that fun. was like one of the high points of the game for me because it's also you know emotionally that, like, yeah because everything is wrong every, yeah everything it's so, that you were doing it's is, so is wrong and like it, uh, they, they it kind of has like it, you know, I guess this is like a typical anime trope of like when you fit. So when you finish route A, you get the credits and then you get the message. When you finish route B, you get the credits for a minute and then you you realize you're you're in control of I think it's 2B again um, and you're on the bunker while the credits yeah. are still rolling. And that to me felt, you know, I felt like I was a kid watching Digimon. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like the it's next time on, on Dragon Ball Z or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, and it's, you know, again, it's there. All of a sudden, all the combat models look like Nazi stormtroopers. And you're like, uh, oh, OK, maybe something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, your has going to war and you realize, oh, shit, we're not playing this again. Because my initial thought was you're playing this again as a two. A two. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, oh, no, it's episode two. Right. Like we're we're going to move on now. And you get all hyped up for this thing. And then you go down there and everything goes so spectacularly wrong. Yep. Um, so like gameplay wise, emotion wise, you, you've been completely flipped. It was easily one of my favorite moments of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just that that's <laughs> straight out of B, straight into C and then everything going wrong. Yeah, they it's hit so the spectacular. Gas, right? it, it is just hit the gas nonstop until again, that, that next split. And then there's, you know, there's that emotional downturn from that. But yeah, it's a good like, what half hour, 40 minutes of just like nonstop. Yeah. Um, everything is happening. Everything is going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and in that time frame, you have, um, you know, you, you have the battle for your life against the Android squad that turns on you mm-hmm. in, you know, basically evil stormtrooper outfit outfits or, or whatever it is that yeah. we're all wearing. Um, 
And then the the return to the bunker sequence and and like I mean it's just like everything yeah. just keeps you go to I the mean, bunker it, the commanders uh, gets taken yeah the bunker gets destroyed I feel, I feel like we should probably planet. like break this down a bit more because this what comes out of that is such an important moment in the game sure. right like uh, so so we do, you do that you go back to the bunker you try and rescue the commander you realize it's t- too late you leave uh, and then your two B sends nine S off on his own. Yeah, um, by lying to him, mm-hmm. and then you take you're in control of two B, and then you realize something's very wrong there as well, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. how did you guys? I'm very curious. When you guys got to that first moment, what did you think was coming, or how were you feeling at that moment? Because I'm always curious. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I it, I think I was probably still kind of wrapped up in the tropes of it's a game, so it's probably going to be fine. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just need to get to this point and then like, it's going to cut back to nine S and then he's going to like hack again or like <laughs> something's going to happen, but the bunker's gone. Right. So, you know, that's a big thing. Um, it's like, yeah, that's why, I mean, <laughs> I think I thought it was going to be okay. I <laughs> was pretty convinced given the tone of the game the shifts in perspective um, that I was walking my final walk as to be. Um, so you thought you saw it coming. I, I didn't see, I don't want to, I don't want to say like I saw it come because like, I think the way that it ends is so spectacularly. Oh my God, that I didn't see that specific way that it ended coming. But I, I figured just, just knowing the stoic character that, that to be is the, I mean, she, you know, she makes that decision without a moment's hesitation that, you know, give me your controls so that, yeah, I mean, she makes some BS excuse for taking over, you know, nine S's of controls and then zip, you're out of here. I'm like, she knows it's over. She knows this is the end and she right. knows that she needs to put as much distance between herself and nine S as possible. I'm going to walk to this point and I figured it was going to be like a self-destruct situation because I think that's right, even okay. what she kind of says her plan is. I, I don't remember if she says it out loud, but I'm like, I, I know she says she wants to get away from any other androids in the yeah. event that she spreads the virus to them. Yes. So. I think yeah. it, it's also, if I'm trying to retro, retroactively think of what I might have been thinking too, um, I think in most video games, um, they'd probably punt there and have Root C be a playthrough where now 2B is alive but a villain. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Root C is all about saving 2B, right? That would well, be a very classic trophy. So that's interesting. I want to tell you guys what I thought when that was happening. Sure. So there's the trailer that plays um for oh, yeah, root c yeah, yeah. and so th- this is something else that i'm sure will come up later we later learned that uh, all the female combat model androids are based on a2's line because a2 was the original your combat model um or one of the early ones so a2 and, and 2b share the same face model mm-hmm. right so it's mm-hmm. exactly the same it's hard to tell because uh, a2 has the long hair and 2b has the mask um but i saw that trailer and I saw what looked to be 2B with short hair and torn clothes and taking the mask off. So I thought that what was going to happen is 2B was going to become some sort of nomadic freedom fighter. Taking the mask off was symbolic of her letting go of Yorha. Mm-hmm. Uh, little did I know that that's basically who A2 is. Uh, it has been the whole time. Mm-hmm. But that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought it was maybe not necessarily that she was going to come back as a villain, but I thought that like some weird... like anime trope stuff is going to happen and she's going to go off and become like this dark version of herself or sure. whatever. Right. So yeah, it's uh 
I don't know. I've, I've, I always enjoy asking people, but like, what did you think was going to happen when you when that? Yeah, I came forgot out? about that trailer because I think that trailer did color my thoughts too. Um, I kind of wish I had like that that trailer didn't exist in there. Cause I, I, I agree. Because <laughs> um, I think I saw a bunch of things in it that I was like, oh, well, now I'm just waiting for those those shoes to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're if you're here and you haven't played the game, but you are here listening to all these spoilers, don't watch that trailer. <laughs> yeah, don't the watch the trailer. <laughs> just, just skip that. Um, and just play the game. <laughs> yeah, hold down circle or whatever. And, Hopefully, and... you've been uh, just zoning out, haven't listened to anything we've said except for <laughs> yeah. that one thing. <laughs> yeah, got it. Don't um, watch trailer. Okay, cool. But, but yeah. I think uh, Root C. Uh, well. That's just well. We could just talk about root C because that is root C D E. Um, I think that's really well done with that perspective switching between the two. Um, I agree. It's and, I, I liked it a lot. The 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 rapid back and forth instead of the slow back and forth from yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I guess before we get too deeply into that, I really want to talk about the moment um, because I feel yeah. like I, I feel like that is. Um, the the moment where they kill off to be is probably one of the most well-earned shocking deaths of a main character. I think I've seen in, in a game because it, it has, it has so much purpose to both serve the story and serve the characters, right? Yeah. It, it It is the fundamental shift in the plot and in the character's lives that it needs to be at that moment. A lot of times, you know, in, in, in a lot of fiction, just in general, uh, you know, killing a main character is just pure, like, I want to get your attention, right? And this is instead, this is the changing point for both 9S and A2, um, because the, it is the literal passing of the baton. I mean, the katana goes in the in the dirt and, you know, basically before she dies, you know, 2B is like, it's, it's up to you now, like, you know, um, but 9S doesn't get that. And so the way it's framed is just that perfectly tragic, like he doesn't understand why it's happening and it just, it breaks him. It just, yeah. it, it absolutely. And, and like, you know, hats off to the, to the voice actor for, for 9S and like just the blood curdling scream that, that he has, you know, of the, you know, the A2 and like, you know, he's running across that bridge and I'm like, this is, are we going to fight now? Like there, cause there would have been. And then, you know, the perfect catalyst to route C, D and E happens right there on that bridge you know yeah 2b is killed a2 takes over 9s charges filled with hate and then what the hell is this springing out of the ground and it <laughs> literally separates them and that's the only reason why we didn't have a fight it, it's just for for me i think that was the moment like i was already in on this game but at that point it became an obsession at that point it was yeah. like well i have gonna... to know like well, yeah, it kind of feels like that's where i mean that is very much where root c starts even though you've already played some of root c but yeah there's a bunch of those places in the game where it kind of feels like oh the game is starting now like now that yeah like like all that was just set up start the game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um there's something i'm just going to say because burns you commented on the voice actor for 9s uh for anyone listening and for you guys who haven't seen this the voice actor for 9s did his first playthrough of this game on a live stream and it's it's up on his youtube channel oh wow and he did not know that to be finally calls nine S nines at the moment of her death. And he like breaks down on stream, uh, witnessing that it's, it's pretty cool. Um, worth the watch like worth the watch because he only knows his lines right sure. at that stage yeah, yeah. like he doesn't know the game sure so it, it was it was very very cool definitely I recommend it sometimes 2B's voice actress drops in as well but uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty great worth and, the watch. And her delivery is soul crushing. The it's just it's so like it's from a character who is just kick ass all the time. At the moment of her death, it is the the kindest, you know, softest, you know, oh nines, and then just yeah, and you're like, oh my god, like well, yeah, yeah, and with, given what we learn later about their actual relationship, it's like. Mm-hmm. pretty powerful but at the same time did you guys find uh when you take control of 9s and you go back to the waterfront did you find the message she left for him on her flight unit i don't think i did okay so if you if, when you when you return to uh when you turn to the waterfront um as 9s you find 2b's crashed uh flight unit where where it crashed uh at the beginning of rootsy and if you go up to it and activate it she left a voice message for him and it's it's like She's borderline saying like everything except the words "I love you," right? And oh, she wow. left him that message, and it's just like absolutely heart wrenching. Um, and this is, of course, you you can't find this till after everything's already happened. Um, so it's it's pretty insane. Uh, mm-hmm. But this this might be a good time to maybe discuss their relationship a bit more, including the revelation from later. Now that we're talking about the two of them, because yeah, yeah, because this we... is her exit from the plot. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we can probably because so much of th- this is the this is the part where I think the plot begins to reveal itself for what it is, and and the whole idea of uh, you know, and we don't have to go into necessarily you know how Yoko Taro writes a plot, but it is probably important to mention here that um, I, I've watched a little bit. I haven't watched the whole thing because it's over an hour long, but but Yoko Taro's talk at, at GDC about how he how he puts together a narrative, and. This game, and I believe most of the games, he literally constructs from the moment of emotional impact or the moment of that he yeah. wants the the player to feel the most, basically the, the the main conclusion of the game, and then works his way back from there. Um, yeah. And I think it's really evident here, right? Because there, it, it is so clearly their relationship, their relationship dynamic is so clearly present throughout the game but also obscured right that it's 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 clear there in subtext in little ways if you know where to look for it but it's that perfect type of subtext right where in the moment you don't really it's only it's only with the power of hindsight that you look at it and you're like oh god like this is what was happening but yeah as i understand it and and murph and paul you guys feel free to to kind of shape this a little bit more but it's it's essentially revealed that 2b's entire existence her entire role is as a as as model 2e which is an executioner type which is the idea that 9s's model because he deals with intelligence and hacking and gathering of info eventually he knows too much and like in order to prevent his model from uncovering the secret of yorha and the fact that humanity doesn't exist the the 2b model is there to to kill that model when it, when it knows too much. And so th- the thing that I didn't really put together until, you know, way at the end of the game is the idea that because Yorha is so like cell based and there are so there's these, these like resistance camps everywhere, you eventually kind of piece together that like your little slice of the world map is, is likely happening in other places all over the place. And like right. probably in very similar ways because you're dealing with, you know, copies of machine types and and duplicates of androids but but yeah 2b's entire job was she has at this point we don't know how many times she's had to kill 9s but she has had to kill 9s over and over and over again because eventually he gets too close to the truth yeah and it's worth noting that you know she doesn't know the truth she just 
her, her job is well, to. And there's a bunch yeah. of those truths that he uncovers. I think uh, obviously the big one that humans don't exist, but there's the, and I didn't see, I was, I watched the VOD of you playing it burns and I'm not sure if you played it off or you found this off stream, but I didn't see you read the entry um, on project Yorha that talks about the fact that um, they're machines. Right, they're made from machines. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I did play that part. Is made yeah. of the machine mm -hmm. cores, that, like mm -hmm. because they didn't want to. They didn't feel like it was moral to put an AI into something that they knew was destructible. That they mm -hmm. were just always going to destroy. So they made them out of machines, so they wouldn't feel bad about destroying them constantly. Yeah. Um, it's like, man, that is another one of those. It's just like, yeah. Well, I love huge. that. Like, that's such a that's such a depressing read. Yeah, that, that one, yeah, especially yeah. at that point in the game. But like, you know. To take a step back, we learn in Route A that the aliens were killed by the machines. Yep. So the this proxy war between uh, the androids and the machines on behalf of the aliens and the humans, well, the aliens aren't even around anymore. Yep. We learn in Route B that the humans weren't even around when the aliens first arrived. Yep. So mm -hmm. there's this proxy war going on on behalf of two, you know, it's clearly trying to represent gods, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the gods, mm -hmm. the moon, the, the humans on the moon and everything. You have this proxy war going on on behalf of two groups of gods that clearly don't exist um and both sides are basically are actually at the core of the same thing mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and that's we don't learn that all and you know it kind of drops like one per root i guess like one of those yeah, little, little pieces late, the last parts yeah. yeah you get that right at the end that last little bit of info but uh yeah you know it's it, it, you realize at the end this game is about cycles right it's the it's the yorha cycle of creating you know the androids to fight and then have, once they once they've gathered enough data they get destroyed and it starts all over again um and then 2b and 9s and their their cycle that they're stuck in a2 managed to escape the cycle but she's now just stuck living as a roaming nomad that just destroys machines because mm -hmm. um, she has no purpose other than that um yeah it's uh it's awesome it's so great <laughs> i love that they hide that at the very end yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well and and I just I, I feel like I've 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 often said this about any type of science fiction or fantasy or or any any type of of fiction that is not based in you know current contemporary here and now um, is often at its best when it uses the characters and the settings that are foreign to put a new lens on on our current existence and this game does that to the max uh in oh, in yeah. so many different ways because it it is a special kind of genius um to frame it this way because sp specifically having both the androids and the robots fascinated with the with human society right that that you know the driving force between adam and eve is is the library and the knowledge that they gain from it and uh the the fact that they want to you know they're obsessed with human culture and human ideals then you have so many robots who you know embody human philosophy and in a really weird twisted way the androids just have this overall like reverence towards humans and humans as they believe they live now but but it's such a i mean it's such a clever way to you know take this game that's about you know sexy androids and, and cute pixar robots and but then to have them you know to have them basically lay all of humanity out warts and all and talk about like this is kind of what we're doing, right? Like this is, yeah. this is us. Um, and it's so like, those are, 
those are the pieces that I think are just constantly sitting with me, right? Like the, the, those tie-ins to, to philosophy, to critiques of culture, because there, there's a lot of it there. Um, there's just, there's so much. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I also yeah. really love how the machines are the ones trying to be like humans, but they can't. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the androids are the ones they can, but they're not even trying. They're just obsessed with war. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it goes, it goes deep. It goes mm-hmm. really, really deep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think route C and D, you know, you guys touched on this too. I guess when I played through route C and D, I think you guys mentioned how much you appreciated the character switching. I, I thought that was really cool too. The idea that you play a short slice and then you, then you shift perspectives. Um, there was the part at the end though. And I was, I was watching the VOD. I know Murph was in chat when you got to the point where you had the final fight between <laughs> the mm-hmm. two and you tried to punt to chat to be like, I'll set up a poll. And like, I'm watching a VOD, so I can't do anything. And I was like, no, yeah, no. you must choose. And, and then I saw Murph <laughs> and there were a whole bunch of people in chat that were like, two had the same response as me, like all caps, no, no. <laughs> you have to choose Bad. this. You Bad have to words. choose. Bad. Because <laughs> yeah. if you would just set up a poll, man. Oh. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I gave my Dude, I gave like myself an out because what I was going to do is uh, I, I put that option three there that was like, whatever, he's going to pick what he wants anyway, which is what I was going to do. And like I I had to my first time through, I had to pick a two just because I yes, that same here. That's felt, what I picked. It I felt like most the right people choice. do. It feels yeah. but I love it because like you've known 9S for so long that you still have some sympathy, even though he's clearly off the deep end and is not coming back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and A2, you've only known relatively briefly. Um, and yeah. even and for like half of her playtime, she's not even that invested. I think basically up until she meets Pascal and it starts to come around to the idea that maybe yeah. she doesn't need to destroy all robots. Mm-hmm. Um, that then she then, you know, you, you start to see her come around. And then very soon after that is the end of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the forcing the decision between this person you just met and this other person that you've been with the whole time, but is now not the person you started with. Uh, I think it's pretty cool because if kind of, you're kind of forced to choose a two like morally, but you don't feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I felt, I think I felt like I had to stop nine S like that was the arc of the story. Right. Right. Uh, That you're almost supposed to be, I mean, to some degree you feel guilty about playing nine S for a big part. (laughs) Right. and so this is the way to to stop him there at the end. But yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting choice. Well, and before we catapult way into the to the finale of it, I I do kind of want to talk about um, C and D a little bit because not not only are we are we switching perspectives between uh, A two and nine S, um, which I I feel is is you know a, a pretty refreshing change of pace. It's also it's a really interesting. Uh, like playthrough because you're right, Murph. Like I, I was trying to. I was trying to think through like the a two segments and it's like, we really don't learn a lot through a two because a two's perspective is in, in a lot of ways, even less interested in what yeah. what's going on than she to be so disinterested. Yeah. Well, you I know? think it's like the pot is like, Hey, we have to go do this. And she's like, no, pot's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep bugging you until you, you do. It's like, okay, fine. Whatever. Yeah. Well, her, like, her backstory is, uh, you know, I think the, she's like what to be would have been a hundred years after this game. Yeah. Right. Sure, like, sure. you know, a 2s already been through this whole Yorha cycle thing and is just so over it. Yes. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 cool. I like the way they they kind of force that um, 
they force that player character on you who is less interested in the game than you are at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And and then you know, on the other side of the coin, you you have to play a character that's too invested in very unhealthy ways. Um, yeah. And and like so, you're constantly bouncing between somebody who just doesn't want to be here and is only here because you know the the winds of fate have have blown the wrong direction and now she's right back in the middle of this stuff again um and then you have 9s who you're having to push forward on a misguided quest for revenge you know right like really all he cares about is i I mean he, he just he's barreling through all of this stuff and he's learning really valuable important things but he's so blind to it because all he can think about is killing a2 and it's just um it's another choice that the game makes that is really really fascinating and shouldn't work as well as it does but it really does um and it's a it's it's i'm trying to think of another game and i'm coming up pretty short on a on a game that can do can put you in control of a character that is so purpose built to be not what you're feeling in the moment um because i feel like I feel like the textbook good game design, right? Like quote unquote, good game design is, you know, you, the character that you're playing and you as the player, you know, they're trying to put you in sync as much as possible so that you feel what they feel like. That's, that's what, you know, good video game writing is. I think traditionally it's what good writing is right. Talking about books earlier, it's mm -hmm. like a well-written book makes you doesn't just tell you what a character is feeling it makes you feel what a character is feeling and and, right. and this does a very good job at that yes well but but also it 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 does a good job of that but it also like it, it makes you feel what the character's feeling while also allowing you the space to yeah. feel what you feel which is yeah. to me really wild you know right because it's it's yeah. i i feel like a lot of times you know the the vehicle by which they make you feel those things is to to bring you right down to the same level and in in, in this case you know how wrong and misguided 9s is you know how much more invested a2 should be um and yet somehow that it works and i i feel like you know even though they're short sequences I feel like the way that they maybe pull that off, like the magic trick that maybe makes that work is those exchanges between the pods. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and Mm. all of those cool, like I really thought that was neat. And like, um, I guess to kind of bring it into the conversation about where we're going to go with the end of this, they really do a good job of planting the seeds there too. Right. About what's going to happen with the pods because the pods begin to, you know, exert, these these different like feelings almost you know they're not quite feelings but you can tell there's some concern there at one point um the the pod that 9s's pod which i i can't remember which one is 042 and which one is you know but anyway uh, 9s's pod just straight up says how concerned they are about 9s's like declining mental state right And, and like you know there's all these points where you're like man, that's not a thing pod would have said, you know, hours ago in the middle of, mm. of route a, um, and just, I feel like that's the best thing that the route CD combo does is like, they, they put you in control of these characters who, who are just going through their own shit. Um, but they're bridging it together with these pods, which both of the androids have no idea that they're exchanging this information behind the scenes, but you as the player get let behind the curtain to see, Oh, they're, they're purposefully keeping these two apart. They're exchanging information. So they know what's going on. And they're trying to like 
make this work right and 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 that is it's really cool and i think it makes c and d really gel even though they're it, it's they're so wildly different pieces working you know so should we talk about the n well i guess e or d right c yeah e yeah yeah so so route so, route cd and then you have the the event right so i guess we should probably talk about the tower oh i guess um, that's a good point yeah i mean the yeah, tower what, the two different endings you get based on who you choose yeah. I think that's an interesting contrast of the fact that um, even though it's the right, that in the moment it feels like the right choice to pick a two um, that you find out after playing both of them, that it is nine, nine S who kind of has the better ending, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who um, that, that destroying the tower, that it's, it's not just a cannon. Uh, it's a data cannon essentially. Um, and so a two is mistaken there, even though she's, you know, right in that moment. Mm. Um, so I think that's a good contrast uh, of, yeah, both of those back to back. And especially if you play them in the order that is kind of, again, really handed to you playing nine uh, or A2s first, like sort of incorrect ending. Um, and then 9S, this sort of, okay, I guess I'll go back and do this one. <laughs> and oh, wait, this was the, the one yeah, I should have done. Mm-hmm. This harkening back to root A and B, maybe a little bit there. Yeah. With like yeah. 9S gets all the info. Like yep. what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. Well, and I want to talk about, so, so essentially the, um, you know, the, the tower is, is, you know, this, this big construct that's kind of like the, the created city or whatever it's, it's made out of, you know, whatever this matter is that they're, they're pulling together, but it's also this repository of knowledge that, that, you know, it's, you learn kind of what's happening behind the scenes uh, with with the artificial intelligence. And essentially I I'm still trying to make sure that I understand correctly what has been going on. So um, the, the machines being able to network have sort of created their own AI by, by networking all of their, like all of themselves together. Is it sort of, I was almost getting like a geth from mass effect kind of vibe where it's like individually, the robots are not all that intelligent, but as they started to network themselves together and grow, like, is that kind of what happened? Because there's that sequence where 9S, you know, um, no, 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 it's it's where A2 um, has to fight um, all the copies, right? Like all the, the when, oh, when sure, sure. Yeah. she's in the hacking space or whatever and confronts, you know, the voice um, that is, that's revealed to be the thing that's driving the cycle, right? Mm. That, uh, and, and that is, as I understand it, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, that's like the consciousness that was born out of the machine network, right? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could buy that. Yeah. Um, And so, well, and then it splits, um, during that a two sequence, right? mm -hmm. Cause I think, uh, I can't remember if it's her or the pod that comes up with the idea, but you're supposed to not fight it for a while. If I remember correctly. Um, Yeah. Pod instructs you that, um, essentially you know harmony is sort of what it has on its on its side and so as it's replicating trying to you know mess with you and or destroy you it's also fragmenting itself and that was such a like to me that was one of the coolest moments of the game right is that the whole idea of like um the problem of and it's it's almost hard to like say what they're trying to specifically say, but like in becoming human and then creating multiple copies of, of itself, it suddenly had all human problems, right? Where there right. was, there was a dissonance of voices and now all the voices did not agree any longer um, because it, it, 
allowed itself to not basically be one monolith um, and it tore itself apart, which I thought, again, was another really interesting commentary about human nature, right? Like this is a this is a construct that was made by machines to try to become more human like. But the one thing it didn't have was a diversity of voices. Then the diversity of voices show up and then it begins to tear itself apart. It's like the cycle <laughs> begins anew. It's like, oh, yeah, you wanted human problems. Boom. Here you go. Now you got human problems, um, yeah. which was wild. And so I'm, I'm just trying to remember because all this stuff happens so fast. So like in my mind, it's tough to separate like where it happens, you know, procedurally. But I believe this happens in the final when you're in the tower. Right. I think yeah. This is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's in the tower. Yep. Yep. And so that's revealed that like, you know, this, what I never understood was, I think that, that, you know, AI or whatever it is, was sort of responsible for, you know, the Yorha deception, but it was also responsible for driving the machine behavior, but it never really kind of revealed why. And I don't know if we are supposed to know why, like, did you guys catch any of that at all? So I think it's in a stage play. I know that this is Yoko Taro being super weird. There, there was a stage play that sets up the setting of this game. Um, and I think it's, I think you can find it on YouTube somewhere. Okay. Um, you know, it probably showed like once somewhere in Japan okay. as like an actual stage play. And then that was it. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, it's, I think that information is out there. Also, I have a book. I haven't read it yet. Cause I, unfortunately the translation is not very good. Um, but my sister-in-law knows I really love this game and she gave me uh, a book that basically it's like a novelization of this game, but it has a lot of extra context added apparently. Um, unfortunately, like I said, the English translation is like very, it's, it's very direct. Like there's no art to the writing at all in English. So it's a bit of a slog to get through. Uh, but I, I understand that that plus the stage play um, sets a lot of that stuff up a, a bit better. That's, you know, things appear in those that never appear in the game. Cause I guess, I mean, to be fair though, like, this game's about the themes more than the setting, right? So like, I don't right. know how much it, we need to know those answers uh, to get the point across. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I only bring it up just because it's like, you know, it, it's trying to, to fully crystallize like my understanding of like, here's, here's what, this is what happened. Right. Well, um, but I think, so my read on it would be that, 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 um, that the sort of intelligence that has been generated by the machines is the machine intelligence that is driving the actions of Adam and Eve and the machines and that side of things. Um, but I don't think that that is anything behind the Yorha side, since that is, you know, deeper, much deeper in the past, well before the machines were doing any. Yeah, there, things. there is uh, I don't remember all the details from the stage play, but there is like a creator of the Yorha project. Like there is a okay. who does not get referenced or appear in the game. Like there was okay. like an individual who started it. Okay. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's all in the stage play. Okay. Okay. I think it's, <laughs> I have to it's, watch it play. it's Yoko Taro. Well, like in Burns, oh, I saw man. you watching your Vada. I, I missed the part where uh, Devola and Popola appear. Oh yeah. That's, um, that's great. It's a great sequence, but you have no idea who these people are yeah. <laughs> um, in this game. They're actually characters from near replicant. Oh, that's what it felt like to me. I was like, okay, these are very old androids. I, they must've been in the last game. Yeah, and so they're they're part of it, but also not. I think it'll make sense if you check out Replicant. But uh, yeah, there's like the lore, the the actual like moment to moment story, and like the lore of his games are so hard to figure out. Um, But but it's there. It's just like like you said, you know, the GDC talk. He talks about writing backwards from emotional impact. So 
in that way, I think he gets away without necessarily needing to have all these details presented or even figured out necessarily. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, I like, I, I don't care how Tubi's memories transfer in the Katana. I don't care. Like right. they're just, yeah. they, they do like yep. great. Yep. Like we just need a MacGuffin so that yeah. A2 has a reason to stick around. I, yeah. I do think there were some of those that uh, like, I agree with you on that one where I was like, yeah, whatever. It's a sword now. <laughs> Like, um, <laughs> but I think there were some places where, so like in ending D, um, Adam and Eve are in the machine consciousness again, right? Um, and Adam is talking to 9S. Um, and to me, that was sort of a, so Adam's death uh, and his like insistence that his death is, is final um, and in a way that it is not for uh, all other machines in ending A. Right. I thought it was a was a payoff that was going to pay off forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, th- I thought they were not lying about that essentially. Um, but to have him show up back in D again, then it's that that removes some of that emotional weight from that earlier part. Right. In a. Right. Um, if you think about it too much, um, I think in the moment you could just be like, "Yeah, I guess he's still in there." Or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I read that. I read that as like a heaven analogy, and like meeting your friends and family at at the gates to heaven, and mm-hmm. you know, with everything with the tower, okay. and it's, it's pure right. white, and it launches off. So you know, it's like, oh, all your people are here, and we're gonna go and and you know, we're gonna go live in paradise forever. Like you know, I kind of read it as as that because of all the religious and other subtext throughout the game. But um, it's the elves sailing west. Okay, got it. Yeah, but, but like, yeah, you're right. Like, there, there's a lot of stuff in his games where, like, it's like if you think about this too much, it doesn't make any sense. You you just got to go with it. And in Replicants, if you guys check that out, I haven't finished that yet, but he lampshades it a lot more. Like, there's a lot there's a lot more direct commentary about things that are like this is kind of weird. And then some character will just shut it down. Um, and it's like, so he's, he, he very similar, but it's also a lot more like on the nose with the commentary on gaming and, and stuff like that in general. Yeah. So, it would be hard to do it in that point because you'd have to have nine say like, I thought you were dead. And Adam say like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and again, <laughs> I admire, I admire the writing. Off. That would not yeah. be a payoff in that moment. So. <laughs> no, no. Again, I admire the writing just to be like, are people going to someone, surely someone was like, are people going to wonder why Adam's here? And you know, he was just like, ah, no, it's it'll be fine. <laughs> like, and he was right. It was fine. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it just takes some serious confidence to put something like that in yep. there. That is yep. like clearly going to be picked apart. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, so, and again, um, you know, that, that whole idea of, you know, I, I, we talked about it last time too, but it's just such a product of an auteur vision, you know, right. Mm-hmm. That it's just, These are the types of things that I think make it, you know, uh, compelling art because, you know, we're talking about the different allegories that you can draw from the symbolism of the tower, right? It's not spelled out. I think it's stronger because it's not spelled out. It, it, It can, you can read it that way. You can read it several other ways. And, and there's all these decisions that are made, uh, in the game. And, and some of them, you know, just it's like, man, those shouldn't work, but they somehow do. But they were also made and they were allowed to have been made without, uh, you know, a focus group saying like, you can't do that. People are going to get, you know, like. Well, right. And, and there, if those are the critiques, right, those I, I critique games pretty hard. And if those are the things where I'm like, yeah, well, you know, this character is uh, maybe he's still alive or not. It's like, that's a pretty small point. <laughs> 
yeah. um, in the mm-hmm. arc of it. Because you could just say like, yeah, I guess the machine's made of again. Or if you're like, how did, how did you get into the sword? It's like, yeah, whatever. Those are pretty <laughs> small <doesn't> matter. <laughs> Those yeah. are pretty small points. And they well, don't dwell on it. They're not like, oh, this magical sword. Or like, how did it happen? Yeah. Maybe we should do it again. Or like, they don't, they don't talk about it. Yeah, well, it just it serves its purpose and it's done. Yeah. Like, well, and 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 Paul, you and I, you know, uh, I guess <coughs> quick plug for our other podcast, but we have a podcast where we talk about Star Trek. Um, and you know, we always point out I mean, that you, you said a quick plug, but then you didn't even say the name of it. The hi-fi, <laughs> the hi-fi sci-fi podcast. Uh, what a bad plug. <laughs> where wherever wherever you get your podcast. Um, but we always talk about how like there's a lot of episodes where um, it's stronger because they don't they don't try to explain it. Right. Yeah, like it's yeah. just, you know, the thing happens and it happens because it serves the characters and it serves the story. And it's not, you know, it's not completely bullshit made up, but it's also, they don't dwell on how it happened. And I, and I feel like this game is like a master class in that, right. That it's sure. like yeah. the, the universe clearly has rules. It clearly adheres to its own set of rules, which is I think important in any sort of particularly fantasy or science fiction but they also don't feel like they have to go out of their way to just explain how every little piece of this works. It's internally consistent and that's enough because yeah. what they're doing is, is they're, they're trying to get you to feel. You could, you could see another game having like a lore entry on sword consciousness transfer. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm thinking of mass effect one with like the voice from the codex. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Sword um, essence like, was first well, developed in 1125. Yeah. Or yeah. I was thinking of Destiny 2 that they'd be like, oh, back 700 years ago, this guy figured out how to do this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Before but, the first Dark Age. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, should we... Boy, NNE? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I want to say, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not throwing shade. Um, but you're going to throw shade. But I'm going to throw shade. <laughs> because there were, there were two parts of watching you play this game um, that I was just like, that were the like, I just want to pick up something and throw it at my, <laughs> my screen. Um, okay. And one was you like getting near the end of the tower and still walking around and like literally with your hands picking up things from the ground. Um, items. <laughs> um, because there's, you there's never- a... I got to gather. It's on the ground, no, Paul. No, it's on the I ground. gathered them all. And let me tell you, I, I had on I had on chips that made more drops. So there was more stuff on the ground. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. I picked up every one of them because there's a chip that costs like two or something that is an auto pickup. If you're within like 50 feet of a thing, it just mm-hmm. pulls it to you and you pick it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, that was one where I was just like, why is he, Boy, why is he still making us watch him pick yeah, here, this up? Here's the emotional peak of the game. And it's like, yeah. oh, what's this over oh, here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a few screws. I better put those in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna, I'm going to need that. <laughs> um, whereas I, my part of that game was like, they would, it would come to me and then it would be like, you have too many of these. And it would bounce off me. And I'd be like, oh, but I sell some of those next time I'm down. But, um, yeah. Joke, joking aside, that was. Um, <laughs> but the other one was how quickly you sort of um, took the. So I'll describe my my e playthrough, like the credit sequence, which I think um, was so interesting at the end of this game to have the pods come out and be like, "Hey, some weird stuff's going on, or something. Should we like? I, we don't like how this ended. Essentially, yeah. mm-hmm. um, do you want to try to do something? And then you do the same." geometry wars uh against the credits 
that you have seen what four times, right? These credits have rolled over and over and over. Yeah. Um, and you start fighting the credits and I think, well, I know on my first run of that, I got very, very close to the end of that. Um, <laughs> like past the, the square Enix, like I got very close to the end of that. Um, and then died. And then it's like, Oh, or game silly things. I'm like, no, no, whatever, whatever. Um, and I spent like, I don't know, 30, maybe 40 minutes, like <laughs> seeing if I could get to the end of that. And I'm sure that there's like, send us YouTube links. I'm sure that there's some gamer God out there who has beaten that whole thing. Right. Um, but I feel like the end of that is meant to be casually unbeatable. Um, right. Right. Um, to force you to take help. And so for like a good 25 minutes, it kept popping up and like, do you want help? And I was like, no, get out of here. Like, do you want help? <laughs> no. You want help? No. Um, and I just had, I just kept saying no. <laughs> and the first time you got offered help, you were like, yeah, sure. I'll take some help. <laughs> so I think we we're very yeah. different in that. Cause I was like, that was the other one where I'm like, what? You're not even going to, you're not even going to spend 45 minutes grinding this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I did the same as you, Paul, when I first played this, I was just like, no, I don't want help. No. And then eventually uh, I realized like, I don't think this is beatable. I'll take yeah. the help. Yeah. Um, but so I think it's I think it's fun, and I still had fun with it because I I have fun playing forty five minutes of an unbeatable bullet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that it was a it's a little cheapened by the fact that it's unbeatable essentially. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, like, there there was some stuff happening for for me. Like, I was I was on a deadline. You were. I know. That's, that's a good point. You had said like you had said at the start of that you had like forty five minutes from uh, from twenty minutes prior. So yeah, yeah, like yeah. So you were like, on a time. You were on a clock. I was I was on a mission to be be done with it, and I was like on a time crunch where I was like yeah. I have a hard stop, and I got so I I. It's another so, one of those, you know, reasons why it's like, I don't know if that would have been different had sure. I played that, you know, alone at night, um, just kind of sitting there. Um, but because of the circumstances, I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna take yeah. some help. I gotta get this bitch done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I also think it was interesting because you get messages, right? And all the messages are like, don't give up. You can do it. Mm -hmm. Um and the subtext is like, no, you can't. Right. Um, and all the messages are sort of prodding you to keep trying this impossible thing until you take help. Um, and then once you beat it, it asks you the question of the first question it asks is, is there anything you would like to tell others? And I, so to me, I'm like, would you like to be one of those people saying you could do it in someone else's game? <laughs> And I, I, without hesitation, I, I said, nope. <laughs> I said, nope, I would not like to say anything to anyone else. <laughs> and, and the game says, okay, cool. And it doesn't give you any of the other choices about like, it doesn't even, because it's a two-step. Like, would you like to say something? And then would you like to help somebody? If right. you say, no, I don't even want to say something to anybody else, they don't even ask you if you want to help anybody. <laughs> I, I, you're the first person I've met who didn't do it. <laughs> And wow. I, was, I do not regret the choice, too. I was like, do I want to say, do I want to say anything to anybody else? No. <laughs> Let them figure it out. So you still have your save file. You still yeah, have yeah, the proof. So. That you still have the proof that you beat this game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I guess it's worth commenting on that. But, like, I love that the game is just like, 
you know, it makes you sacrifice all everything you basically you've worked yeah. for as a gamer yeah. um, for the for the the idea that I don't know. I, well, we can talk about the theme of it, I guess, but like the idea that we we can help each other out in yeah. this hellish world yeah. and make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe you hesitated zero on that one either. Like, yeah, you went for it. My save game, you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Although I knew that you were also going to play this again on a different console. So it's <laughs> just like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, I think honestly, like I, I probably would have made that choice anyway, because I was pretty swept up in the thematic thing that they were trying to mm. do. And, and <laughs> I... And I had spent 45 minutes slowly not being wrapped up. Well, it is, um, you know, it's, it's really, uh, it's really clever understanding of, you know, a person who plays video games and their psyche, right? What's the one, what's the one oh, yeah. penance that you can ask to exact from someone that is really going to hurt somebody who has, invested it because you know you only get that choice at the end of route e and you only get route e if you've played the game that many times to be like you are you're not only someone who's playing the game you're someone who (coughs) has invested into this game you want to see it through and then to reach that point it's it's very much like uh you know in the avengers right uh i guide others to a treasure i cannot possess you you must sacrifice something that you love you know right where it's like oh my god um but it, yeah, it was it's like, definitely one of those where like if it. I went and found, let's say, my Link to the Past cart from, I don't know, 94, when did that come out? Like, I, I still have a save on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And am mm-hmm. I ever going to touch that save again? Probably not. Um, <laughs> and I've, pro- I've beaten that game probably a bunch of times since then and in other forms and in different places. Um, but that save file, you know, they're, 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 like that's my save file. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw go ahead and throw this out there. Does this mean that the title of our podcast takes on all new meaning at this point? Oh, <laughs> but it's not missing because we haven't played it. It's missing for another reason entirely. <laughs> Whoa! Well, so it's, it's the new arc of this show that after we finish a game, we have to delete the save file and never play it again. Oh Just my destroy god! Everything you've wow! Done. <laughs> Took a dark turn. Wow! <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Um, and then there's there. So there's also at the end of this, you know, and you go through all of that. I'm trying to remember at what point you see the, the cinematic where, um, y- you know, the pods essentially don't delete the data. You are victorious. And I, I felt like it was a really nice bookend too, because it's, it's what an ending to an experience like this should be where it's, you know, they're, they're flying over the, the terrain yeah. of the, of the busted world. We see both you know, 2B and 9S, you know, essentially, I mean, really big Adam and Eve, you know, allegories there too, right? Where it's like the two, you know, the two who may begin a new race now with the knowledge intact, right? Like the idea that all of their experiences and essences are preserved and the cycle is now broken. And and now they go live lives, I guess. I mean, it is it is a, a very interesting ending too, like I said, that, that the pods essentially... I mean, it's a Scooby-Doo ending, right? It's a Wayne's World Scooby-Doo ending. <laughs> Let's the, do a mega happy ending. <laughs> the, the pods are just like, man, this is a bummer. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> it's true, though. Like, they deliberately give you two, like, huge mega downer endings. 
And then they kind of like dangle they, this they carrot in front of like you. Like record scratched the credits. <laughs> yeah. like, hold on. <laughs> well, hold on. Are you happy with this? Because, you know, if you want to try this stain, we'll give you yeah. a better one. Uh, it's yeah. like, oh, it's so wild. <laughs> it's so genius. Like, like it's got to be the my favorite ending of any game, just in terms of the experience of the ending, not like plot wise or anything, just like the experience of it. You've, you really, you somehow feel like this entire game about humanism and about existentialism and, and about androids and robots and humans and aliens somehow built up to uh geometry wars against the credits yep and, and that and that is and and that that feels just right, right. Yeah, yeah somehow that feels right yeah. yeah also can i just say like when the choir comes in when you accept the help on the music it's like that was one of my favorite moments in gaming music it's like so good <laughs> Apparently, I looked into that, and and the choir is both professional singers and I, I believe like people from the game. Um, yeah, I think Yoko Taro himself is in there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and and it's just, I mean, yeah, it's it's such a um, again an example of how any of these individual pieces of production in this game on their own would be really impressive, but the way that it all comes together with you know, sound design with visuals with, and, and at just the right moment, you're hearing just the right thing. It, it just, um, it, it's incredible. It, it, it really just, uh, I mean, it drives and, and even the weight of the world, like that track and the way that there are multiple language versions. And I, I'm going to have to go back and look because I, what I'm curious about and what I suspect is that, you know, the English version for us playing, you know, English language version is only heard I believe at the at the point of the the real the true end of the game, like you hear that track a bunch, but you hear it in alternate languages. You don't really hear your native language version until the lyrics make sense, right? And the lyrics are completely reinforcing where you are uh, and where you've gone from, you know, through this entire. So even that was like a really interesting, clever, powerful choice, right? Like the idea that it's like, Oh, this track, I mean, you get the moods from it. You under, but you don't understand the real words and weight of it until you're at the point where you can appreciate it. And, and it's just, uh, you know, like I've, I've listened to so many different renditions of that track, you know, since, you know, getting to that ending, because it's just, that's another thing that's going to live rent free in my head basically from now until probably the end of time. Um, just, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, you know, just, I can't stop thinking about it. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just so good. Like that whole ending sequence is just, uh, Oh God, I'll never forget that. So, yeah. so should we recommend this game to people? um i don't know are you you are you of of good standard mental health yeah right like yeah this is this is this is this is a a fun game this is such fun this is a good recommendation yeah Yeah. i think this is one of those games that everyone should play and thank you guys for playing it and for having me on because uh you know i'm this game's biggest cheerleader so (laughs) i'm glad it worked out (laughs) well and it's it's um you know I do think that it is, I, I think the greatest gift that the game will have given me is the idea that I'm leaving it considering things that I hadn't, you know, or, or things that I was right. maybe aware of, but, but it, it puts your mode of thinking into these themes and like, 
I, I told my wife, I'm like, I think I'm going to start reading some philosophy now. Like, <laughs> you know, because I'm just like, I, you know. What a, what, a, what a dark road that <laughs> has been laid out in front of you. I, I'm like, I, just because it, it just, it, it has, it has so much to say and it, and it, you know, it introduces it in such a clever way that that's there for you if you want to reach for it. And I'm sure. like, I kind of, you know, I kind of want to like, it's a rare thing, that, especially in the video game world where like the supplemental reading material that you have is not like deep lore entries and novelizations and, and side stories, but it's like real world, you know, philosophy that you're like, I think yeah. I need to get more versed in this actually. Well, I know I talked about this at length in the last episode, but like as someone who has long been into that stuff, um, it was so cool seeing it there. It's like the perfect representation of the thematic aspect of the game in like the, you know, the twisting of the various philosophers and um, the combination of their real life selves with their philosophy, which is always an interesting thing about philosophy is go look up the life of the person who's saying these things and see mm-hmm. like 90% of the time they did not live up to their own ideals. Right. <laughs> um, and then Yoko Taro is clearly very, very uh, aware of that, but like it's there if you know about this stuff as soon as you start meeting pascal and you you had a few of these you said think oh like pascal's wager pascal and then you go down the you know you go down the rabbit hole and it's explicit by the end with pascal reading a a book of Nietzsche, right yeah but uh then you know and all the you know all the boss enemies being themed on like existentialist philosophers or whatever but like the fact that that's there for you if you can pick up on it and it just enhances it so much, but also is not necessary to get the point. Um, just, you know, he didn't have to do that. They didn't have to put all this in there, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. themes are there, but not only did they manage to express the themes and express the creator's opinion on the themes and get you thinking about it, they also managed to put in references to the the real world history of a lot of these ideas, mm-hmm. um, It's which didn't have to be there. Right. It's like, oh, I just I was in love with it. Well, it's and, so and good. I, I this is one thing that actually didn't come up in our conversation. I'm glad you mentioned it now. Um, you know, the whole concept of Pascal's wager. Right. And like, I don't think I've ever seen a more effective critique of Pascal's wager than the conclusion of Pascal's storyline. Right. Like, right. Sure. The, because, you know, <laughs> you can come out and you can say, I mean, essentially, for those who are are not familiar, is that uh, Pascal's wager is is essentially, you know, Pascal uh, Blaise Pascal was a mathematician, philosopher, and theologian uh, who basically laid out a case for living a pious life by saying, like, "Listen, if God doesn't exist, none of this matters. But if He does exist, you should pray and believe because you're going to heaven, and if not, you're going to hell." And like that's a fear-based argument right like that the whole the entire construct of that is shit be afraid um and it's literally the personification of pascal in the game staring at what that philosophy of you know be afraid has done to the only surviving people of pascal's village who also happen to be small children is just it's it's gut-wrenching it's in the moment it's oh my god but it's also like if you pull back and think about it as a you know it's the perfect you know counter argument and commentary of like yeah but also maybe don't just live in fear all the time you know like it's it's just (laughs) it, it does it so much better than you know than a thesis could you know right it's just like it's there and it's it's just a part of this 
silly robot game with sexy anime girls in it. You know, right? Like it's just like, oh my god! Like, yeah. And if you didn't know this heading in, that you, then you know you wouldn't pick up on that. But the moment still hits. Mm-hmm. You don't. Again, mm-hmm. that's what I meant earlier. Like you don't need to know this to get a lot out of the game and to feel some of these uh, these emotional uh, these emotional impacts that he wants you to feel. But if you do. It's that much be- that much better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and like there's the there's the android in the resistance camp right at Route A who's talking about like he doesn't want to replace his broken leg because it's yeah. the ship of Theseus. The ship, yep, yep, right. And it's like you know it's it's all there throughout, and it's present it's all presented in a way that it's like you don't need to know the uh, real life person of uh, who originated this idea. You don't need to be familiar with the idea to to get the point. Um, and it just enhances the game so so much, like because it has that. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else? Closing thoughts? Things we want to leave people with? I um, I would say play this game. But again, if you have gotten to yeah, this if, point if you're in, listening to this, if you have gotten to this point <laughs> in the podcast and you have not played this game, then you have ex- then you're not going to listen to it. Go anyway. like go, it's, it's smash your head into a wall or something and let, yeah. knock out the past forty five. Well, what is this? How long is this? Wait, like an hour do and not half? do that. <laughs> 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 yeah, quick, quick, uh, quick point. Don't do that. Don't cause yourself yeah. physical harm. But don't, um, listen, don't listen to just that moment. Oh, I, I was gonna. I was gonna mention this. I was. I was gonna say one more thing. Um, uh, I, I mentioned this earlier, and I almost didn't circle back to it. Um. This game did have me thinking back on another game that really sat with me for a long period of time, which is Outer Wilds. Yeah. Um, and and I, what I appreciate about both of these experiences is they both will, I think, forever be around in my head. Um, just, you know, not front and center all the time because, you know, things fade, but, but the, the experiences and the things that I gained from playing them, I think, will, will have at least in a small degree shaped, you know, my thinking. Um, and I think what's interesting about this is that they both did so in very unique ways, um, in very distinct ways. And I think while near automata definitely hits you, you know, in the fields, I feel like it hit me in the brain a lot more. And I mm-hmm. feel like, I feel like they both have similar things to say about the meaningfulness of existence or finding meaning with whatever we're given. Right. Like the right. idea that, that we the meaning is what we create and that we only have what we have. So, you know, you, you kind of it's up to us to 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 live it to the fullest. But I think I think the the hardcore straight to the heart punch was was definitely the ending of Outer Wilds, where it's just the raw beauty and majesty of existence angle and I think this one is the is the is the philosopher's you know masterclass level of of you know what it is to be a, a rational thinking being, and right. I appreciate them both because yeah, of those differences. You know, I would right? I would agree that that I think this one is a much slower but consistent build over mm-hmm. the entirety of the game that it is giving you pieces every all the time. It's it's paying out more frequently, whereas Outer Wilds is. I think very very flat and then spikes and then is over yeah um, yeah 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 no that's a good point they, they definitely both have that similar angle and i felt the same way i played this one first um and i felt the same way about that and there, there's like very few pieces of media um of which those would be two that uh commit to the sense of mystery that much 
mm-hmm. sure, um, sure. Mm-hmm. as much of these even like dedicated mystery shows and stuff like that a lot of the time they don't pull it off nearly as well as this where it's just like you know just drip feeding you things to make you think like okay there's something going on here what is going on mm-hmm. um like in in the past couple of years it's only you know there's like maybe some novels i've read that had that and and a couple other things but yeah outer wilds was huge and uh this game probably above any other piece of media i've experienced like just had me thinking like what is going on um the whole time and i don't think i was ever quite right you know what i mean in yeah, my, sure, in my sure. understanding yeah. of it at any given point yeah. um like how could anyone see that ending e coming sure yeah, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> like who on earth is going to expect that well and we haven't talked about expectations much and i'll keep this uh you know relatively brief because i know otherwise we could easily probably have a three-hour podcast and a ted talk and all those other things but <laughs> but i think um the the other thing that this game is a master class in is the proper way to subvert expectations yeah um, because there there is there's almost this desire, I think for people who make, um, fiction. Um, sometimes people talk about like, I just don't want to give people what they expect. And it's like, if your goal is to subvert expectations just for the sake of subverting expectations, that can often be very cheap. But Mm. if you're subverting expectations in service of your greater point, um, the payoff can be tremendous. And this game is that this, this game is you, you will, as you play, you will get answers. They're rarely the answers you expect, but they're the answers that furthest reinforce the themes and the messages and, and the feelings of this game that it's, it's, you know, it, it is, it serves two reasons. It, you don't see it coming, but it also like just drives a lot of these points home, you know, right. in in ways that you just don't expect. And, and I okay. think that's, what's just incredible about it to me. And, and I, th- and maybe the way this came up earlier, but one of the ways it's done well here that I, I think if you're just trying to do it as a little bit here and there in a, in a game, um, it could come off as not internally consistent. Right. And we could be poking at it and saying, well, why did this, like this character shouldn't have done this. And mm-hmm. that is one of the things that you could really say about this game is that everything even when you, even when it's not what you expected in the moment, when you piece everything together, it's what was internally consistent at the moment. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and that's that's hard to do. Yeah, it's, it's, r- do. it's really hard to do. So, also, um, so kudos. Yeah, and I, you know, not to drag this out, but I'm going to make a parallel to something that I've talked with both of you guys about before, uh, a similar science fiction series that has a theme based ending, uh, Battlestar Galactica, mm. right? Mm. Which, uh, I know there's some strong opinions in this group <laughs> <laughs> about, um, the Battlestar Galactica ending. And so uh-huh. actually I, I just watched this, uh, my wife had never seen it and she's kind of been getting into sci-fi this past year. So we just watched, it's, it's pretty fresh in my mind. Like I just rewatched the Battlestar Galactica ending. Um, and you know, kind of to the point we're discussing, there's, there is an ending that was thematically consistent, but not internally consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah, characters made decisions. Internally consistent is not what I would use to describe the end of Battlestar Galactica. No, right? like characters made decisions that made no sense based on everything they had done up to that point. It was strictly in service of the theme, right? Um, it didn't bother me. Like, it, again, it, it, with, with regards to that, any spoilers for Battlestar Galactica, um, you know, but like, it didn't bother me that there was a divine force at play in that series because it had been there from the beginning. And I was like, okay, I'm all, I'm on board with that. I'm not necessarily on board with 
like this being our earth though was that necessary yeah, that for, was bizarre that was mm-hmm. strange you know things like that um whereas with this one is it's like this one makes even more ridiculous claims but sells you on them yeah. right mm-hmm. like things like like you're saying like adam's alive and we're all going up to heaven in a space rocket and you're just <laughs> like yep this is this makes sense let's do it right um uh-huh. it's it's yeah so having you know watched watched and dis- to discuss this game with you guys and having watched Battlestar Galactica's ending very recently um yeah it's it's kind of like there's two different examples of a theme-based ending one that manages to pull it off and the other one that like a lot of things suffer to pull it off right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah yeah it's it's interesting to me well, that drives home, I think, your point, Paul, right? It's it's tough to do both, right? That it's it's tough to 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 pull that off and, and make it all work. And somehow it it did. So And yeah, well, and, and I think, you know, that show obviously suffered a lot from the writer's strike and it was never supposed to get that far and, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. They had to piece it together as they went. This one well, clearly had someone behind it. It's also mm-hmm. one where, like you said in this, that it's clearly something where you started at the end and then built the story back and in mm. the Battlestar they most certainly did not do that. Definitely did not do that. <laughs> so i i want to I want to say that um, you know this game to to bring this discussion to to a conclusion. I think this podcast was created to find games that are important that we somehow didn't get around to playing, and it's like. It's the season two uh, TNG episode, Measure of a Man, the <laughs> card speech where he's like, this podcast was founded to seek out new games, and there it sits. Yeah, um, that, you that, know, episode's a, that episode's a little overrated, but... Uh, <laughs> you're killing me. You're killing me, Paul. You're the killing me. joke. I listen to that episode of the podcast where I get beat up for 45 minutes. Uh, um and I think this is uh, this is it. The, the 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 whole point of us doing this podcast is for games like Nier Automata, and I think this is going to be a hard one to uh, to to follow up. But that's our special challenge now. Paul is uh, <laughs> yeah, good luck, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, 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 Murph just gets to be like, that was fun. We <laughs> good luck. <Yeah. laughs> Back to my Halo speed runs. <laughs> yep. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Murphicles. That's M U R P H O C L E S. Murph. This was rad, dude. Thank you. Uh, well, thanks for playing it, guys. I'm yeah. so happy you did. Oh man, it's uh, it's great. And um, yeah, go check out Murph's channel if uh, if you have not stopped by. It's uh, freaking rad music and freaking fast Halo. So uh, yeah, push.tv slash Murphicles. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. um, we'll leave a link in the show notes as well. So Murph, I hope that uh, we can have you on again. Maybe we'll find another another uh, game that uh, we can, uh, we disc- can disco elysium <laughs> <laughs> honestly not a bad choice i've got a copy of it sitting in my steam library right now uh, this is where i'll peer pressure paul very soon i'm so. currently <laughs> totally addicted to that game right now so <laughs> i might have to start playing that too so well murph um thanks again we're gonna take a short break when we come back uh paul and i are gonna figure out what we're playing next time on the podcast so be right back Hey, I'm Bernsey. I'm Paul. 
And this is the part of the podcast where uh, we have to remember that n- now we have a new game to pick because we did a, an epic two-parter uh, mega discussion on uh, Near Automata. Again, big shout out to uh, to Murph for joining us and, and recommending that game. Um, what a game. <laughs> like, what? So the next game should be a longer game, a three-parter. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, thousands of hours of content. Well, I think all the content. I think this, yeah, next podcast should condense uh, Drakengard one, two, and three, uh, which were were the before near, and then we should also talk about near replicants. So we should just play all four of those. Oh, okay. Well, then, okay, <laughs> then then near replicant. No. Um. So, Paul, I you are you are an avid proponent of uh, Xbox Game Pass, as am I. Sure. Um. And it's always easy pickings when we can find stuff on Game Pass. Yeah. That's like. Oh, this is this is here the whole time. Um, much to my shame, um, this is going to be a little weird because I can't I can't say I recommend you play this game uh, from having played it before. But I'm doing another one of these where I'm I'm playing fast and loose with the rules because it's my pick and I get to. Um, That's worked before. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's here's what I think. The Psychonauts 2 is coming out uh, very, yeah. very soon. Yeah. Um, the original Psychonauts is an Xbox original like Xbox yep. game, um, but it is part of the Game Pass lineup and it is backwards compatible on uh, all ex- all current Xbox platforms. So Xbox One and the Xbox series uh, consoles. I've never played it and I don't think you have either. Psychonauts? I have played Psychonauts. Oh, you have played Psychonauts. But it has been a long time. I played it on an original Xbox. Okay. Okay. Um, then can I recommend a game that you have knowledge of that we yeah. play again? I mean, yeah. Uh, that's different than what you did last time. I think <laughs> it, it is. I think last. I think last time I was just a no, thing. No, I that think I w- that's a fine pick because um, I think that is a, a, a good one. Um, it's a fun game. Yeah. All right, cool. Then then it is settled. Um, and this is an easy one for us to recommend that you play along with us as well because of its ready accessibility. So uh, if you happen to have Game Pass for, for Xbox, um, it's not available on like the PC version of Game Pass. You would have to be either Xbox Game Pass or, or Game Pass Ultimate. Um, or you can just pick it up. Uh, there's a lot of PC versions out there and some of the PC versions are actually uh, pretty nice from what I understand. I believe I actually have a copy of it on PC. So I'm not really sure if I'm going to play it on the xbox or if i'm going to play it on uh on the pc but it's it's readily available out there i believe it's available on good old games i think you can also get it on steam so it's lots and lots of places if you want to play through it um make sure that you do that before our next podcast drops it'll likely be uh, a month from when you're hearing this we're on about a monthly release cycle at this point so um, <laughs> i would say that psychonauts has a lot fewer spoilers to worry about than near so <laughs> perfect so so even <laughs> you might even be able to listen to an episode and still get uh, get yeah. something out of it so um that's what we're going to be playing next time and um yeah that should get us in perfect spot uh, to to enjoy psychonauts 2 which i think is still planning on coming out yet this year sometime in 2021 i thought maybe fall um don't quote me on that i'm sure we'll talk about that next time uh but that's going to do it for us because this episode is uh one of our longer ones so we're gonna <laughs> wrap this up you can get in touch with us by uh, looking us up on our website missingsavefile.com um you can also reach out to each of us individually on twitch probably is the best way to find us where we're streaming uh paul you stream uh on twitch uh paul yep. plays some games yep. um any idea what you're what you're gonna be cooking up on on your stream next so um yeah i'm still in the middle of super mario rpg playing some minecraft 
Um, probably play some more Super Metroid randomizers, maybe some Link to the Past randomizers, um, other retro stuff, um, or maybe some things that I might make you play. So <laughs> I'll keep those. <laughs> More secret. I, I will not be streaming this one uh, on my Twitch channel. I might actually be kind of kind of breaking things up. I think I, Paul, I might have found a thesis statement for what I want to do with my my Twitch channel. I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, uh, hold on, let me think. Uh, <laughs> uh, all uh, dating sims. Yeah, yeah, you know me. Um, um, no, I think <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Sanders. I mean, I love you, Colonel Sanders, the uh, KFC dating sim. I mean, I, that I, is on my list of things to recommend you to play. So, okay, well no. then, then I'll wait until you recommend <laughs> it. Oh, bummer. Um, I think I'm gonna. I, I think I've settled on the four S's of greatness, which is space games, shooters, Super Sea Nintendo. of Thieves, Super Nintendo. <laughs> okay. Yep. So, uh, we're gonna try that for a little while. Uh, might play some stuff in the future that we're playing on the podcast too, but uh, but we'll see. So, Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah, exactly. Everybody loves Minecraft. Yeah, you got to get some Minecraft in there. Some Halo uh, in there. Yeah. Uh, Twitch.tv slash It's Burnsy if you want to uh, drop by there. So until next time, I'm Burnsy. I'm Paul. Uh, We're going to leave you with a little bit of music recorded by our good friend Murphicles. Um, This is his acoustic guitar rendition of uh, Weight of the World, which is the the final track um, of Nier Automata. Don't forget to check out Murph at uh, twitch.tv slash Murphicles. That's M-U-R-P-H-O-C-L-E-S. And um, yeah, even though the weight of the world's uh, weighing you down, we're all in this together. As long as you, you know, agree to share a nice message for somebody. (laughs) 